In ancient history, frogs have been revered as a sign of rebirth, fertility, and resurrection. In European folklore, bad luck fell upon any of those who would cause harm to these beloved creatures, as it was believed that these housed the spirits of children that have passed. Now, in recent history, a new entry into the world of lore for frogs originates in the small town of Loveland, with a creature they call the Frogman. Welcome to Below the Forest Floor. My name is Nancy, and I'm here with my husband slash co-host, Ryan. Hello. Today, we are going to be exploring the fantastical world of the Ohio Frogman. This creature is so popular in the city of Loveland that he has a festival named after him, a citywide race called the Frogman Race, and he has been crowned the city's official mascot. <laughs> That's interesting. He has a little cape and a crown. <laughs> I told you you were going to laugh during this episode. Oh, yeah, that's definitely that's a great one. I love that. And thank you to Ryan for suggesting this episode, actually, during our last episode. So if you guys want to go check out how that went, feel free to check out the previous episode where we talk about the melon heads. So for tonight's episode, join us while we discuss the events that led to the Ohio Frogman becoming a small town legend, because I have never heard of this creature before that episode about the melon heads. Honestly, me neither. Uh, when we were doing that episode, it just kind of came across, you know, the the Ohio Frogman is like some sort of cryptid. I was like, I love, I've always been like, in, I've always loved frogs and toads mm -hmm. and everything about them. So seeing a cryptid that has to do with those, it's like, oh, we definitely have to look that, look into that. And funny enough, Nancy was like, yeah, so it, 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 it's probably going to be just like a small episode, so maybe we can put something else with it. Apparently, you found a lot more than you bargained for, huh? I, it was so much, I couldn't even fit it all in the podcast. I, I just put in the important parts, but I was so surprised because I've never heard of the Frogman of Ohio. That sounded so out of pocket to me. I was like, okay, I'm probably going to find like one little story of like maybe a group of kids saw something or whatever probably a lot of people that are not in ohio don't even know about it as well so it's and okay and it's interesting because it's like uh it's got multiple events named after it and it has it's it's a mascot of an entire town it's beloved <laughs> but so it's not so it's not just a small cryptid at that point then no it it actually isn't it is a represent it's a representative of an entire group of people <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it, but I guess we should start with how it all started. Yes. May 5th, 1955, 3.30 a.m. An unnamed businessman drives over an unknown bridge in Loveland, Ohio. A small group of silhouettes off to the side of the road catches his eye, so he stops to watch. He can't see them very well, but he hears them. They speak a language that he's never heard spoken by any human he's ever met. As the businessman tries to decipher any part of their conversation, a burst of light appears from the group of silhouettes revealing four-foot-tall bipedal frogs standing together, watching a singular frog with a stick above its head that is sparking light at one end. So it's more than one. Mm-hmm. Fear envelops the businessman, 
and he drives off not knowing what could happen next if he were to be seen. This is the beginning of the Frogman. <laughs> I was extremely interested in this particular rendition because of how magic was involved. Usually, oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually cryptid stories are just like, well, look at this creepy monster slash alien thing. Not look at this creepy monster slash alien thing that is doing magic like some sort of wizard. I, w I wonder if it has a little bit to do with like I'm. I'm not privy to a lot of the information right now because mm -hmm. she did all the research for it. I'm here as I'm reacting and learning as all of you are. <laughs> and I'm just curious as to like maybe if I wonder if it has something to do with, you know, the whole magic element of witchcraft and things. Mm, possibly. With like, you know, how frogs were considered to be something that was linked to witches and witchcraft and magic and stuff. Oh my god, I didn't even consider that, to be quite honest. Like, the things that I did consider had nothing to do with that because my brain didn't... Which is hilarious because I practice a, witchcraft. <laughs> it, it's a story of which came first... Uh, yeah, which came first, the witch or the toad. Oh my god. Or the witch or the frog. Oh I mean. god, seriously. I've, I, I didn't even... I didn't even link the two. Thank you so much for mentioning that. But like, not only does this eyewitness account have magic and bipedal frogs, but they are portrayed as intelligent creatures with their own spoken language. <laughs> Ribbit. Like, that's the thing that, that throws me for a loop. That the, they were speaking to each other like intelligent creatures. That That's great. I love that. I, I I didn't understand. And and I was like super intrigued and I was like, wow, what happened in the 50s that maybe kind of given this guy like an idea to maybe come up with a story like that? Or did he actually come across a <laughs> wizard frog in the Hard wild? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I didn't look up what was available in the 50s drug wise. Yeah. He found a toad, licked the toad. Now he sees four-foot toads everywhere. I don't exactly think that that's how that particular one works, but that is interesting. <laughs> so I did a, a little bit of a deep dive into the history of fiction that surrounded the 50s because growing up, I was a super big fan of the 50s style. 50s style, not 50s values. Um, right. To see if maybe, you know, this man may have gotten some inspiration <laughs> oh right right quotes air quotes when he decided to tell his tale <laughs> well it turns out that the early 1950s was full of new horror and sci-fi popularity yeah it was wasn't it it was 1951 them premiered it was a movie about giant oversized insects them yeah Yep. And all right, so we started off with giant animals. First step <laughs> in that direction. 1951, The Thing from Another World premiered, a movie about aliens. Yeah. 19. That was a good one, too. Was it? I haven't seen it. Those old, like, they're, they're classics. But if you can get away from, like, mm -hmm. the, like, how not modern the technology of the movies are here's the thing i love special effects from the 50s because i think they're very uh imaginative and creative for the time oh yeah yeah because they had 
this is I'm, I'm not going to get off on a too much of a tangent <laughs> for this because this is not that kind of a podcast. However, I think that we could possibly do an offshoot of mm. talking about stuff like that um, because it's something that we both really find enjoyable as well. But what movies or yeah, like okay. old, old, old style like Ooh. technologies in films and things. Oh my uh, god, the creativity yes. that they had because they were on such a low budget and mm-hmm. like there was no actual technology to do these sorts of things. Like, but I love yes, like when they did Godzilla. I love those old yes i i love those old films because it was like mm-hmm. okay didn't have something to be able to make this sort of activity a thing mm-hmm. but they were able to you know through the through different uh different mediums they mm-hmm. were able to make something work and it just kind of sure nowadays it kind of looks campy and everything but the the movies that we had already talked about with them um did you mention the black lagoon yet i can't remember nope i was getting there Okay. Thank you. I just, I just heard, I just heard that, that was one of them. I'm, I'm getting there. The, the 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 other two though were definitely like they're, See, they're really they're good classic movies. That's why I try not to tell them too much. I was making a lead up to it, but yeah, I I honestly do think that that would be a fantastic idea if if that's something you want to do. Let us know, guys. If that sounds like an idea for something you would like to hear us talk about is like basically special effects and older movies and stuff and we could do a thing like maybe once a month we watch a movie together like one of those really really old ones that was super popular and we discuss it see what we thought about not only the special effects and the actors but the storytelling yes so we will talk about that later anyways please lead up (laughs) <laughs> in, I'm curious. In 1953, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, a movie about a giant lizard like dinosaur terrorizing a city, premiered. Yep. I'd never even heard of that. But it sounds very much like Godzilla now that I think about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the year just before the claim that we heard about earlier with. The Ohio Frogman by that business guy. In 1954, a very well-known movie by the name of Creature from the Black Lagoon premiered in theaters. A literal uh, 1954 because the story um, from the businessman was 1955 was when he told that. that. That was the same year as the first Godzilla movie. Was it? Yeah, I, I do remember that much. I didn't know that actually. Huh. The the I because I, that was what I was thinking was like when you were mentioning the the creature, um, from from the fathoms. Yeah. Uh, when you were like that kind of sounds like Godzilla. I was like, well, I remember that Godzilla had the inspiration from an old movie like that. I'm pretty sure that's the one I was thinking of. I need to look it up to make sure, but, um, because Godzilla came out in that same year, '54. Yep, November third, nineteen fifty four. I, I, I know Godzilla. <laughs> I didn't say you did. I was just giving everyone else because we're talking to the audience more information because they don't. They might not know Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, but yes, Godzilla did come out in 1954 along with Creature from the Black Lagoon, along with Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. That's a lot of <clears throat> bipedal animal-like creatures that have to do with water and look like giant frogs and then the year after that this man suddenly sees a giant wizard frog 
in the middle of the night. <laughs> I, look, okay, so. I am not saying that this guy got the idea for this story because he saw these movies. But I'm not not saying that. Right. We don't even have a name for this witness, so I can't look up more info on him. Like, was he a movie buff? Was he really into horror or sci-fi or whatever? Maybe he did actually see something strange that night. Who knows? I'll give him this much, though. He was hella creative with the magic wizard frog because none of those stories had magic. None of these movies had magic frogs in them or magic creatures. Right. And let's just, if this person had seen uh, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms, that was actually, that was a very, very popular movie because it actually ended up being on the top 10 science fiction films list. Really? So it had to have been like, really really big so i guarantee this person had probably seen it so what do we think do we think maybe this guy made it up because of the popularity of giant lizard like creatures I wouldn't, or i wouldn't say that necessarily but there is the thought of like because everybody knows that let's say you're in the dark or something your your mind does play tricks on you it a does lot. that is true and it pulls on things that a you fear mm -hmm. b things that are, are things that you have you know witness like scene right. movies pictures it it, it like draws it fills in the blanks yeah there you go that's the one that yeah so like if you watch a bunch of horror movies and then you go to sleep your mind only has those things to pull from because it's <laughs> it's fresh in your mind and we do have to remember the story states that it was 3 30 in the morning oh really quickly stepping yeah. back like a paragraph i I was thinking that the beast from 20,000 Fathoms was the direct inspiration for Godzilla, and it was. No. Yep. Was it It really? directly inspired Godzilla. I thought that was what they had initially talked about. Oh my gosh. With the first movie. That's incredible. I actually had no idea. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> we are not starting a whole other podcast now on movies and inspirations and stuff. I, I, love, I love researching creature films, though. That's the thing. Do I, you I really? love that so much. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's great then maybe maybe it's something we can definitely look into we will see how I've it goes seen, i've seen every godzilla movie and most of the godzilla knockoff movies <laughs> i've seen them all godzilla knockoff movies like the um like gamera and you know the the other monster movie films that are like kind of in the same universe and sometimes they're not i i haven't really seen a lot of those so i think that sounds really cool yeah. Maybe you can teach me some stuff during that podcast, like the way I do for this. That'd be fun. So our second story is going to be kind of interesting because our second story leads into our third story, leads into our fourth story. Ooh, they're all linked. They really are. But here's the thing. The fourth story doesn't really come out. You just kind of hear it during the third one because it cost... A very old wound to be opened up for one of the uh, people in our tales. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 17 years later, on March 3rd, 1972, at 1 a.m., it was a snowy night. The roads were icy and slick. Officer Ray Shockey was patrolling near Riverside Road when he suddenly slammed his brakes, almost hitting what seemed to be a dog curled up in the middle of the street. He began to step out of his vehicle to take a closer look at what it was he almost ran over. 
The creaking sound of the car door spooked the creature, causing it to dart to the railing on the other side of the road. The headlights of the officer's vehicle revealed what seemed like an oversized bipedal frog with thick, wow. leathery skin Ooh. and a hunched posture. <laughs> After a small pause, the creature flung itself over the railing and into the darkness. When Shockey arrived back at the station, he told his co-workers of what he had seen that night, including the fact that he believed the creature possibly weighed between 50 to 60 pounds and was at least four feet tall. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a pretty skinny frog, though. It's a frog. Four feet, four feet tall and like, you know, 50 pounds. I'm bad at math, so this guy could have told me 150 pounds, two feet tall would have been like, whoa. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a short fat frog is what that is. <laughs> that is what I would be expecting a, a giant frog to weigh, you know. <clears throat> Imagine like, you know, just kinda like it's this little it's this little frog sumo wrestler looking kind of guy. Just <laughs> this story would be much different. He would not have been able to fling himself over the railing. <laughs> <laughs> just hit it and that's it. <laughs> He's just dragging he himself have, on the ground towards. I was gonna it. say like the the uh, the guy would have a lot more time to see what's going on because this thing would be struggling to get over that railing. Just heavy like, breathing, wheezing. Okay, we are not fat shaming a frog that doesn't exist. His his story going back to talk to the other guys uh, would definitely have been a lot different. Like. Guys, you wouldn't exp you you wouldn't you wouldn't guess what I just had to do. <laughs> I had to help some little tubby, two foot tall creature thing jump its way off of this bridge. <laughs> Dang it! Now I have an idea for another like T-shirt idea. It's just it's like, like a little blob. <laughs> it, it's like the it's the frog man that's having difficulty trying to get over a railing. It just says he's trying. <laughs> Me. No. Current mood. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> oh my god, my stomach hurts. <laughs> oh, and I'm tearing up also from laughing so hard. My god. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to continue the story, but now all I see is a tubby frog. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin that part for everybody else, too. And no, I will not cut this part out because it's hilarious <laughs> oh my god i don't care if it ruins the mood this is great i'm like stopping well here's the thing when he went back to the station to tell you know everybody about the creature another officer by the name of mark matthews was one of the people at the station that night he overheard the fantastical tale that decided and decided like hey i need to go see for myself what this guy's talking about Maybe I'll. I would it. too. <laughs> like someone tells you about a four foot frog you just saw, like witness. It's like I'm gonna go see what this is. <laughs> you just hear Matthews in the back. I'm in. <laughs> like he's halfway through the story. I've got my keys and I'm ready to go. <laughs> sort of thing. It's like, well, aren't you coming? You can tell me the rest of the story on the way. We'd want to not catch. The, like we, we don't want to miss this. <laughs> so now you guys know the side of. Uh... Ryan here that actually loves creepy weird shit. Oh hell yeah. 
So Matthews had Shockey, the first op witness, actually take him to the scene where the incident occurred. So he practically was like, take me there oh, now. Yeah. yeah, I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> it's like, why, why aren't you at the door already? I've already kicked it down. Let's go. Yeah, he, he told him to take I, him. I, I'm in the car honking the horn before he's done talking. Oh, my God. He's, you're just holding a net. It's like, hurry up. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they they go to the Riverside Road area, which is right outside of Loveland. And they start looking around where the officer had initially seen the creature. And lo and behold, the railing that the creature jumped over had scratch marks all over it. Huh. Mm -hmm. They didn't find the creature, but they found evidence of something having been there now 14 days after this incident march 17th 1972 <sighs> i'm trying to keep this creepy but I i'll say it so you know that it was saint patrick's day <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> oh. i can see ryan smile out the, side, out the corner a of my eye <laughs> He's like that a, explains a, a lot. It's a, four, it's a four foot green creature on St. Patty's Day. All right. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't gonna tell him that it was St. Patrick's Day because I knew, I knew what he was gonna think immediately. <laughs> but it, I just think it's an interesting part of the story to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have to say it you're not even really gonna be like you don't have to try to make it's it anything spooky. else but here's the thing it goes from feeling spooky to us having piping hot tea so get ready everyone <laughs> officer mark matthews was patrolling the roads on the outskirts of loveland when he entered a situation eerily similar to his co-worker ray shockey he saw something laying on the side of the road Thought it was a dead animal, got out to check, and almost like deja vu, the creature reacted. But this time, it stood in a way that felt menacing to Mark Matthews. Huh. Mark noted that it looked exactly like the way Shockey had described it, as he and the creature maintained eye contact while it moved towards the guardrail to leap over. It was crouched in a manner that made it feel like a football player about to tackle someone. Mark didn't want to waste the opportunity to prove the monster existed, so he took out his gun and boom! Now here's where his story gets murky. According to some accounts, Mark missed and the creature got away. He came back with only a story. In other accounts, he hit the creature, stuffed the body into the back of his patrol car, and returned to the station with it to show Shockey. That's when Shockey would confirm that it was indeed the creature he had seen. Huh. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they killed a small person on... <laughs> no, they did not kill a person. On St. Patty's Day. <laughs> no, they did <laughs> No, they didn't. Because <laughs> here's where the tea comes in. Because I was expecting, like, you know, the end of it is like he gets it to 
that what is, what's his name shocky yeah shocky he's like that's not him that is, that is it. yeah it's just like or it's just gone you know it's oh just, my god that's how that's how these stories normally are you know the people that say that they shot like big yeah. or something like that they like get all the people together go to the body like, oh, go, go to the body yeah. and nothing is there they're like oh okay you know someone's had a little too many and then you hear doo, 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 doo. <laughs> camera pans up to the sky <laughs> rob sterling shows up <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. We gotta watch Twilight Zone. I love that show. Also, Speaking really of quickly, 50s. <laughs> did you come across in your research about a Marvel superhero that is apparently... It seems like it's inspired by... No, I did not. Creature? I don't know if it's like... If there's any link between the two, but apparently there is a Marvel comic book superhero that is called Frogman. And it legit... Because I was looking at pictures of Frogman... And this is what popped up first. I had to actually specify Ohio in order to get the real ones. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a superhero that is in a frog outfit. Like, full on. What was it, Marvel? Outfit. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel Frogman. Okay. Never heard they, of it. They went from, like, the... He's went from the name Leapfrog to stuff like that, so... What year did he make his first appearance in the comic books? Now I'm oh, curious. Good. Good question. Let me look and see. I'm wondering if maybe the Ohio Frogman inspired um, first, him? <laughs> first appearance was in 1982. Ooh, so possibly it was way after the Frogman situation. And the 70s was when this story really caught traction. Because that's the era we're talking about right now with Shockey and Matthews. The 70s? Uh-huh, 1972. 72? Okay. Interesting. Um, and then this all of a sudden comes out in the 80s. It takes a while to release comics and have them drawn out and stuff. Yeah, its first appearance in the Marvel <laughs> team-up was 1982. But apparently, uh, he's a villain. He was actually made by Stan Lee and Gene Colan. Um, a costume villain, Leapfrog. The villain first appeared... In a handful of stories, then made a final appearance as an active criminal in Iron Man in 1979. Ooh. Three years later was when he took someone, uh, Dematis, uh, decided to revive the idea of Leapfrog, but as a more comedic, lighthearted character and a would-be hero named Frogman. Ooh. So he was a villain throughout, wait a minute. In Daredevil number 25, 1965, <gasps> created and introduced a criminal named Vincent Patillo, Patilio, uh, who creates electrical leaping coils and becomes the costumed villain Leapfrog. That was in 65. Okay. So <laughs> there might be a little bit more to this link than I initially thought. Were, <laughs> there might be something. Were all the people just freaking nerds that we're like talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the first one was movies. This, this one's a comic book. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on with around that time. It's just so. Wow, I I had no idea. That's really interesting. Thank you so much for the information. Yeah. Crazy, but. You know what's even crazier? Huh. So, in 2016, so we, we talked about how Mark Matthews brought the body to Shockey, right? According to yeah. one story. 
he confirmed yeah that's it that's the frogman i seen okay so it's it's technically called the loveland frog it's not necessarily like the ohio frogman or anything like that apparently loveland frog is the actual like moniker that people have given it well it's got a bunch of different ones like most cryptids it's got the ohio frog the loveland frog there's an there's even another one that someone gave it that i was like that sounds weird it was i remember that that was one of the names that you had said at the very beginning mm -hmm. yeah it's got a lot of them so i usually just uh switch between all of them because there's so many and there was like a whole nother little town i can't find it now but that whole little town actually had given it a whole nother name based off of its own town for the frogman everyone has their own frogman apparently and and speaking really quickly of um frogman in general like the term frogman is not necessarily frog powered superheroes because of the whole comic book aspect of it mm -hmm. uh it is a 1950s term for underwater special ops soldiers <gasps> that investigate strange uh after strange submarines appear so that was technically like the name of them not necessarily like frog like but i wonder if like it kind of like went further from there but apparently there's there was a whole series of frogman comics in the 50 like early 50s 52 really but it wasn't necessarily like frog frog like what you're thinking yeah um, especially with what the story is but it is special ops uh, underwater special ops for like around uh submarine stuff yeah but stuff like that inspires people to come up with it does it does kind of like it, it evolves as time it always goes does on. honestly that, that's interesting that's really interesting but yeah going back to the whole body situation here's where yeah. it gets the evolution that you're talking about gets kind of murky when people start admitting that they they weren't being entirely truthful gotcha and that's the situation we're in right now all right in 2016 years after mark matthews had retired he saw that the frogman legend was becoming popularized once more because of a couple you're gonna laugh playing pokemon go <laughs> told you <laughs> while out catching some pixelated pals this couple came across what they claimed was the loveland frogman a polywhirl or a polytoad <laughs> <laughs> and that news what if okay i'm on, sorry the news story actually okay. caused matthews to decide that now would be the time to give an interview revealing that everything he claimed that happened in the 70s was an embellishment <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah that, absolutely mm -hmm. please go on I was just want I was just getting ready to search for it also just to see. It's like I wonder if Polytoad was actually Oh god. inspired by this as well. Good lord. So the frogman because is in, in you, everything. Okay, so if you look at really quickly when it comes to like Pokémon, if you look at all of them, each and every one of them mm -hmm. does have an inspiration from yeah. some sort of folklore or something like that as well. Well, the story I heard about the inspiration for, like, the frog-like Pokemon in the original was because the original creator of Pokemon liked catching frogs and bugs, and that's why... That's what inspired him to create those creatures. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that's, that could be anything at this point now, apparently, because the Frogman isn't things I never yeah. even expected. Who knows? I, I could be the Frogman myself. I don't even know anymore at this point. <laughs> 
So just like in the original story, he's he's at this point decided he's going to tell people it was all a lie, right? Uh-huh. Just like in the original story, he said he did actually shoot something. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's like, all right, enough time has passed. I can't get the in trouble for limitations. this. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> but that something was no supernatural creature. <laughs> I feel so bad for what he actually shot. He admits he, he admits it was actually an iguana. But was too embarrassed to admit it at the time as he believed it was someone's pet that had gotten loose. Yeah, and according to Snopes, they can, they can get up to about five, six feet long. So. Yeah, according to Snopes, Matthew said that the iguana did not have a tail, and he was quoted as saying, "The thing was half dead, anyways, when I shot it." Oh, oh, yeah. That that was my reaction when I read that he said that. I was like, "Wow, this guy's a jerk." Granted. Like, I know Mercy shot because it was winter when he found this thing. No tell. I was going to say, if it was if if it was winter, if it was really cold, iguanas mm -hmm, can't. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that they. Yep. They need heat lamps like and all, such. Like all reptiles is that they're. Cold blooded. They do awful yep. when it starts to get a little chilly. So. Yep. It might have been. He might have thought it was dying. Yeah. It might have just been like. You know too cold to really do anything it might have been like kind of struggling looking but the thing yeah. is the way he said it it was like come on man uh, yeah oh come on you could be a little gentler with how you're describing any, it any way to try and you know soften the blow soften, <laughs> soften the blow coming toward him <laughs> after that but, little timmy yeah. out here crying in his 50s because he finally found out what happened to jimothy <laughs> <laughs> which for anybody wondering about that Nancy's got a name for this gigantic frog, uh, a toad that we have outside of our house that comes around every once in a while in the summertime and in the spring. She named one Jimothy. It's his name. It's Jimothy. And yeah. the, the I'm sure a lot of you uh, have will see the advertisement I will put for the newest Below the Forest Floor episode for the Frogman in Loveland, Ohio. It's, it's a picture I took of Jimothy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was perfect. I haven't seen Jimothy since last last spring and summer, so it was like a little ode to him, just in case, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> before the interview was over, Matthews did mention this is the part I was told you that I was telling you about where the hot tea comes in. Okay, get ready. Uh-huh. Before the interview was over, Matthews did mention that he had told this story to a cryptozoology author. But when he mentioned the part about the frogman actually being up like an iguana, the author decided not to put it in his book. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. I would have been like, ah. But like the thing is, you could still write about the mysterious creature and put that it turned out to be this, you know? Yeah, look at what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. And so he did tell the story to somebody and the person did not give the disclaimer that it wasn't true. He decided to just put out that that part, the interesting uh -huh. one, which I personally think is kind of suspicious. Dude is out <clears throat> here deciding the truth is going to ruin his book. <laughs> Granted, yeah, I, I can understand both sides of that. It's like, OK, I get it. Yeah, it's supposed to be a fantastical <sighs> tale. But if you are somebody who actually cares about 
cryptozoology and mythology and putting the inspiration for things in there I feel is a big part of it and that's why I started creating below the forest floor I, I feel like the inspiration for these things and is very important to the legends and the tales for me personally it's not taking away from it it's showing how incredible the human imagination uh, is yeah and we like to be able to put these stories along with the the, the truth of the matter and the history honestly i love history they, yeah they can both coexist mm -hmm. you know so that's something i thought was pretty suspicious and interesting some piping hot tea some guy basically was like you know what i'm not going to tell people the actual truth Here's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> I did end up doing some research on how big iguanas could get because I was like, what? Four feet tall? That's humongous. Every iguana I've ever seen has not been very tall, even in movies and shows. And so I was like, how big can iguanas get? They can get up to six feet long. That's only the, the longest they've gotten to in captivity. Yeah. Wild ones. Oh, dear God. The ones that are. I need to find that really quick. What was the name of that place? And some can walk on two legs for short periods of time. So it is completely feasible that these men really did just come across someone's loose pet, added their own details that night at the station so they could make a boring night more interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. That's just, that's just what I think might have happened. I don't know what the heck the 2016 couple saw because there was not much information. They were just walking. They said, oh, my God, we saw the frogman when we were Pokemon Go hunting. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I highly doubt it's that iguana because apparently that guy shot it dead. So, yeah. What do you think, Metro? We're freeing. That I called him by his gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh I love the story. I love everything about it. And it's I'm it's so great that there was so much more to it than what we initially had thought. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Like we were definitely just thinking that, you know, even deep diving we wouldn't really be able to find too much stuff. But there's a lot there's a lot of rabbit holes with this this story. Personally, I was afraid to do an episode on this. When you mentioned it, I was like Oh boy, never heard of this thing before. It's not even in any of the mythology books that I own or cryptozoology books I own. I'm like, oh, this is this doesn't have any information, and it has more than enough information and apparently drama. So well, hopefully, hopefully, also like being able to get spread the word around about it as well. That so that because like you said before, that it's kind of like the Mothman mm -hmm. in the Loveland area. Because, yeah, yeah, I saw I saw pictures of, like, mascots and right. there's, there's festival things. It's it's literally the, the Mothman of that area because Mothman has an entire freaking town mm -hmm. dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. So definitely boost some tourism to that area. <laughs> they know? have a festival called the Frogman Festival. They have a I run saw. called the Frogman yeah. Run. And heck, maybe you just want to go see the mascot yourself. It's adorable looking with his little crown and his scepter and his little cape. It looks adorable. I want to go there. Oh my gosh, that's what we should do. We should what about, We should go visit about, these places. Yeah. Honestly, we talked about that before. Doing a video, like a video sort of. A vlog uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, doing, doing something like that. <laughs> Having a couple of... Uh, we go to these different areas 
that we've done episodes mm -hmm. on and learn a little bit extra like we can kind of like revisit almost every episode but do like video blogs about the stuff that happened to us while we were there right right um <laughs> the things we learned about some video content <laughs> honestly yeah and we do have a below the forest for youtube we don't have a lot of stuff on there because i usually once in a while i'll put up a picture with the podcast that is ad free but it's like a little later just to give people an idea of what the podcast is like to see if they want to go check it out on other streaming platforms where we do get revenue from so that would be yeah. something really fun to put up there okay i need to know your honest opinion do you think the loveland frogman is real i don't necessarily but it would be interesting to learn more about the like granted with all the stories and stuff that came out about it yeah it does seem like it's probably a bust but it's mm -hmm. it's interesting for it to stay in our in our minds in our hearts <laughs> i i don't know if i think it's real but i do think that there are things in this world that we can't explain yeah so whether the loveland frogman is real or not he and the iguanas are welcome down here with us below the forest floor. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We'd like to give a shout out to our forest deity patron, Lotus Vincent. If you would like a shout out at the end of our episodes and help support the podcast, make sure you check us out at patreon.com slash below the forest floor for more details. We will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.